Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Happy Sunday morning. It is Sunday, December 6th. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And this is the Winning Cures Everything Week 14 recap for the college football weekend that was. And what in the hell, man? Coastal Carolina BYU was unfreaking real. Unbelievable. Just incredible football game. And then, of course, while uh, while we've got Alabama LSU going on, we got a bunch of Pac-12 after dark, we've got a coaching hire. <laughs> Which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit, of course. Uh, before we do anything, this is a podcast exclusive, so if you are listening, we certainly appreciate you for doing so. Please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast at whichever podcast location you prefer. Uh, we are on iHeart, we are on Amazon Music, we are on Google, Spotify, Apple, whatever. And if any of those platforms allow you to, please leave a nice five-star written review. We would certainly Appreciate that. We do a live show Monday, Wednesday, Friday over on YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, etc. And uh, we do all of our college football gambling content over at sportsbookreview.com. So you can search out SBR Picks on YouTube, or you can just go to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Uh, and then, of course, our website has everything that you need to know about us, along with all of our SBR stuff, etc., etc. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Uh, Chris, let's go on and, and fire into this thing uh, Coastal and BYU, 22-17, Coastal gets the win. It had uh, hints at the end of the Titans-Rams Super Bowl from, what was that, 2001 or what or 99? What, what year was that? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was Kevin, Steve McNair. Kevin Dyson, reaching the yeah. ball out, trying to get into the end zone. BYU was held, what, like a, a yard short, two yards short? Two yards short. It, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't super close. I mean, it was closer to, than it you know, needed to be or whatever. But it yeah. was, I mean, he was good two, two and a half yards short. It was a phenomenal play. But it was a hell game. of a play. Oh, yes, it was. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. This defense shut BYU down. Yes, they did. And how infuriating is it? You're up by five, which means a touchdown and you lose the game. Okay, and they immediately go into prevent defense. Now, I love Jamie Chadwell, but I was watching the game with a buddy of mine. I told him, I said, I don't know that I'll ever find myself in a coaching situation, but if I'm up by a touchdown or less on somebody ever in any kind of situation and I go into prevent defense, I want you to slap me right in the penis. Yeah. I mean, you just kick me in the nuts because that that is just asking for so unnecessary drama. Here's here's why I think he did. There were multiple plays early on that looked like they could have been broken for touchdowns for BYU. There was one early in the game that well, the very was first broken play by BYU yeah, that was broken and it got called back on holding. There were there yeah. were several others and Which I, I I saw that hold live yeah. and I was I was furious because that was a super late flag. Oh yeah, and I was screaming at the TV. 
I mean, yeah. I was, I was like, my buddy was like, dude, this is BYU's first round. I was like, I don't care. This is bullshit. If we're going to have this kind of bullshit, it's going to be a terrible game. Yeah. It's, and, and luckily it wasn't. Um, but man, it was, it was crazy. Uh, but I think the reason he went into prevent is because they, the way that they played all day, they were allowing a lot of risk, right? They were allowing guys to get behind them. They were opening up plays for BYU, but they, they thought the risk of allowing that was okay. I think there's a way to do what that they were without attacking. going prevent. Yeah. I, I don't think you have to only re, like rush three people. I think there's a way in which you can run stunts and still have your secondary plan to not get behind you. Yeah, I mean, there there is a way to, for sure. Um, overall, I mean, just a, the, the way that Coastal prepared for this game was genius. The game plan was phenomenal. Uh, they it, Coastal held the football for 38 minutes in this game. 37 yep. minutes, 51 seconds. Yep. That very first drive that was yep. nine minutes long, where they scored a touchdown on it. I just, I, I, I looked at my buddy. I said, "This is, this is exactly what I would do against that offense." I talk oh, yeah. about it all the time when you're going against these high flying offensive teams. This is the offense you want to run. Oh yeah. Well, especially you don't want to score with them. You don't want to trade haymakers. You want to. Have them sitting on the sidelines watching that clock tick down because you saw Zach Wilson trying to press. Oh, yeah. Because and I don't think I don't think there's anything negative about him. I don't think there's I don't think there's any knock on his game. I think he, this is what happens. This is human nature. He saw his opportunities when they're taking eight, nine minutes a drive, his opportunities are going down, down, down. Yes. Um Yards per play, BYU had 6.98 yards per play. Coastal only had 5.3. And that's part of the reason why you shorten the game. You take away the ball from that offense because you knew BYU was going to be able to put up yards. You knew that they were going to have their opportunities. And and they did. They absolutely did. But it was, I am so glad that they made this matchup. I hope that we see this going forward, that it's not just a one-year blip or whatever. But this was this was fun. Now I don't know, you know. I think I may have watched this game a little differently than you. I could tell a little early that that these were not these teams were not in the same hemisphere as Clemson, Notre Dame, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, whatever, A and M, even. I, but it was still a fantastic football game. Now that's not to say that they don't deserve their shot at the playoff and and all those kind of things, right? But what I'm saying is. These were really, really good teams just on a, a separate level. And I still think, as far as entertainment value, as far as scheming, as far as players and the atmosphere and everything, I think this was the game of the year. I, even over, maybe, maybe over Notre Dame Clemson. Because oh, Notre Dame Clemson. game of the year. Yeah, 100%. It way better. Listen, this was a better game than Notre Dame Clemson. This was. Yeah, I, I think so. And, well, how about this? For for football purists, it was. Because there was there was a lot of time where there there was not scoring going on. Casual fans would look at Notre Dame Clemson with all the, the back and forth and 47-40 and double overtime and blah, 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 all that kind of mess. Big names. Like, casual fans would look at that and be, oh, that's the game of the year. If, if you just love football and you love – uh, everything about the sport, everything that makes the sport good on both sides of the ball, this was the game of the year. And and, and I don't know that it's even really close. Like, this no, I mean, was I a fantastic the, the Clemson matchup. game would be close, but that's the only game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. 
absolutely the only game that was close. I mean, it's it's insane. Absolutely insane. So, yeah, Jamie Chadwell doing his thing. Uh, perfect game plan. I mean, props to both schools for making this happen. College that game guy day. is holding a lottery ticket right now. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and what he's doing there is amazing. And I hate for these little schools to – to do something special and then lose their coach because it's so hard to hire another guy that can just keep doing what they're doing. What app state has done over the last couple of years, 10 years it is, is, is so amazing because to just keep grinding out, go from coach to coach to coach and just keep that same level. is so hard and so impressive, but, but our guy, Jamie, He's holding a lottery ticket, and you got to cash it. you got to cash it when you can because you cannot predict the future, and you got to take care of your family for life. Well, so that is a really good segue into our next big topic of the, uh, of the weekend, and that is last night, middle of Alabama and LSU, word starts to get out. Of course, Billy Napier sends out a tweet and says, hey, I'm staying at Louisiana. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying at Louisiana. And then... Immediately, like five minutes after, South Carolina beat reporters, the guys that are that are in the know there, say, hey, uh, South Carolina has chosen Shane Beamer. He is going to be the new head coach. And, of course, Oklahoma is still playing a game in the middle of this, so it's not like they let Shane Beamer know, but it was basically, all right, well, it, it kind of felt like, all right, if Napier didn't want it, then it was Beamer's. Well, they let out and they talked about, I mean, and I asked you, why would you release that information about how great of an interview Shane Beamer did and how they liked him so much? And that's something you say after you hire a guy. Yeah. And, and I thought that's weird. What, what benefit does it give you to say that if you choose Billy or somebody else? Um, you know, I don't, I found I mean, that maybe, to be very strange. Maybe it props so, up. Uh, Shane Beamer, because that, like Beamer had yeah. the, he has a lot of friends, right? A lot of friends in media, a lot of friends that are boosters, a lot of yep. former players at South Carolina, a lot yep. of, you know, just everything. He's got a ton of friends and, and he wanted a head coaching job. Now, what I put on Twitter last night, and I, I got some backlash from South Carolina fans, of course, because they're immediately hopeful about the new head coach. Like, how can you say, like, Dabo was nothing. Like, Dabo was less prepared than the, and yeah, he was. But but Clemson gave Dabo like seven years before he really got it rolling. Like, you know, this I don't know that South Carolina is going to give Shane Beamer seven years to figure this thing out. Um, nor do I think they should necessarily. I don't know that Clemson should have given Dabo that. Obviously, it worked out in hindsight. But I I look at this as you fired a coach that yeah things were going sideways this year, but you were hiring him and and. Your your athletic director came out and said, you know, we're not winning games ten to seven anymore. Um, we need to go offense. We need to go whatever. So you had already like kind of cut off half of the candidate pool, and then you come out and hire a special teams coordinator with no head coaching experience. With you know, it, there's ties to the school, but my God, when he when he started coaching there, he was 28 years old. Like. This was like over a decade ago that he was at South Carolina. I don't think they hired him because he used to be at the school, Gary. Uh, everything that I'm hearing is because the former players and the boosters absolutely pushed for him from when he okay, was at the school. But that means he inter- but he also interviewed really well. Yeah, 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 and I'm not saying that he's going to be a bad hire. Obviously, we don't know that. What I'm saying is you fired a guy in the middle of the season and then hired a guy super early 
while Jamie Chadwell is getting like a game of the year victory and going undefeated in the same state. Like I, I that would have seemed more hopeful. All right. So to here's me. here's my issue because I thought about that. I've never in my life known Ole Miss or Mississippi State to ever hire, no matter how good the the Mississippi State or or Delta State or any any, any other small coach in the in the state of Mississippi away. I feel like when you're the big brother of a state, quote unquote, I think it, it's one of those things where you never want to look to little brother for help. Yeah, it's it's almost I don't demeaning. think Jamie was getting even if Jamie's I don't even know if Jamie would take the job because I think he thinks I'm got a I got a lottery ticket and I can go get a better job than that. Um and I, and I don't I don't know any of this. I'm I'm just speculating, but at the same time I think there's a there's a lot to I'm gonna bet the boosters don't want to go to Myrtle Beach to take their coach. Yeah. I mean it, there I is think something there's a to lot that. of that. And I also think it would be different if you didn't love the guy you were going to get. Like if you interview this guy and you fall in love with him, then you go then you just why dick around? Just say this know. this dude, this guy blew our hair back. We can't believe how much he's like you say former players love him yes but like people who meet him today also love him that that's a huge part of recruiting that this is true and you criticized him for cutting off half of it by saying we want to go offense but they went against what they wanted to do because they fell so in love with a guy i'm okay with that so so he's he's a tight ends coach and a special teams coordinator for oklahoma and the assistant head coach of offense for for lincoln riley so obviously he's tied to Lincoln Riley. You know Oklahoma's offense, you know, typically shows up. They didn't last night, but um, I, I guess like I, I think a little just, of that is Aranda knows how to slow that offense down. Yeah, I think I he think don't he, have the personnel to hang in that game, but he definitely understands scheming. And he, if he had equal personnel, he knows how to put Lincoln Riley in a in a lock in a locker. Hey, you you might be right about that, but uh, so so the the Shane Beamer thing, I found it weird that you would fire a head coach early, pay more of a buyout to hire Shane Beamer. Like, it, it, it's weird. Yeah, because it's, You so, fire the guy because you're done with the guy. That's why you fired the guy. You didn't yeah. fire the guy because you, you had a plan. You fired the guy because I'm not going to let this guy dangle in the wind. As soon as you know you're going to fire somebody, you should do it. Yeah, and, I think and I that's agree out that. of respect. Yeah, I think letting somebody finish a season or keep working, wondering are they going to be here, are they not, living life in limbo sucks. I don't know if you've ever had a job where you went to work every day and you didn't know if you were going to come in tomorrow or not. Oh, like, all the time. That's, a, <laughs> that's an awful way yes. to go through work. And and I, I actually have respect for it. As soon as you know you want to fire somebody, just do it. Just do it. Just, just put the bullet in them and end it because – it's a terrible relationship from on both sides. There's so much animosity and there's so much tension and awkwardness. There's nothing productive getting done at all. Yeah. No, I, I so, so, so I don't think you fired him because you know, Oh, well, we've got the fast line track on Shane Beamer. I think you fired him. Then you immediately started going to work, looking for your next coach. And, and then you got, you got Shane to come in your door and you said, Oh, Man, we weren't excited. I think they did an interview out of courtesy, and then I think they were blown away by the interview, and they were blown away by this guy, and I think that's – I'm okay with that, by the way. 
If so, so the question that you asked was if they were blown away, why would they interview anybody else, right? And and obviously you got to do your your due Mm-mm. diligence. I um, didn't ask that. I didn't ask that because I completely agree with that. You have oh, you, to talk. Yeah, to, but it, but it was why, why would you come out and talk about it after? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't understand the puffing the guy up when you're still probably pursuing Billy Napier, unless you really liked him so much that you wanted other ads to say, "Hey, y'all really should give this guy a shot." Yeah. Like we didn't go with them because we went with our, you know, our home run pick that we've been wanting for a long time. But somebody needs to interview this guy and somebody needs to give this kid a job. I think that's why they do it. It speaks more to Shane than it does anything else. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, Shane was up for, uh, you know, obviously he interviewed for the Virginia Tech job. Now he was really young, super for, green then, yeah. and I just don't believe in that. Don't bring, don't bring the hero's son back home. Just yeah, don't I, do it. I do think that that was probably a smart idea by Virginia Tech. Now I don't know what Virginia Tech is going to do now. But uh, but I I will say this like if Billy Napier did not want South Carolina, is it possible that he wants Virginia Tech? So so that's my question. So where I came from this last night was, what the hell does Billy Napier want? Because he turned down Mississippi State, which is a pretty good job. Yeah, and he turned down South Carolina, which is hometown and a pretty good job. Like. And so, from what I understand, what are you looking for, dude? Because what, you you're holding a ticket, but but you don't know how long you're going to hold. Where you could just a, and you're not holding a ticket to where you could just moonwalk into Notre Dame and Brian Kelly. You no, know, like you're not getting the Ohio State job if Ryan Day goes to the NFL. Yeah. Like, what are you looking for, man? It's uh, it is strange because um, that's the level of Power Five job that I think he's basically quote-unquote qualified for. If Matt Campbell took another job, Iowa State is what I think Billy Napier has done with his resume so far. Uh, Billy Napier, by the way, makes a base salary of $880,000. Yes, um, and, and and what's, he gonna, what, what's the next coach at South Carolina going to get? $3 million, $4 million a year? I would imagine Beamer probably gets like three, three and a half. Now, Beamer, Beamer, but Billy Napier could have probably gotten four. Oh, absolutely. But he was wanting like... He five did, and a half or six. Yeah, well, he wanted he wanted five over like a five year deal. And, and dude, you make eight hundred k. You make eight hundred k. Get off your shit. I, I can't disagree with you. I'm um, I'm gonna tell you this, man. I, so, I kind of think, and I asked you earlier this year when his he's winning games, but he's he's not. He's not he, dominating. I, he's not. No, he's not know. dominating. He's not doing these things, and it's just like, man. Like, I think a little bit of shine's coming off your rose being so damn needy. What athletic director is going to bring you in, give you the keys to the kingdom, and say, we're bowing down to Billy, and we're going to put all our trust and faith in Billy? I just don't know if that's happening, man. I, from what I understand, he really wanted the Baylor job last year, and they gave it to Aranda. So that's, I sure as hell wish he would have gotten it. I, I think that I, he wanted that job. I know he wanted that job. Um I just it's I, weird he would take Baylor, but he wouldn't take Mississippi State or South Carolina. I, I think I think maybe unless he, he just wants out of the SEC. I, I think that's knows, part of it. I don't want to compete with Georgia and Florida every year. I see what they're doing. I don't want to compete with Bama every year. I see what they're doing. I'm not I'm not playing this game. Yeah. I'm getting the hell out of the SEC. Yeah, he was basically saying I want to go somewhere where where I can win, right? Consistently. Because it, it's tough to do that at a place like South Carolina or Mississippi yeah. State considering who you're going up against every single season, sure. right? Uh, Billy's statement last night on Twitter before they announced the uh, the Beamer stuff, 
It's humbling to be considered a worthy candidate for any job opening, but it's also important to realize this is a direct reflection of our entire organization from top to bottom. Here at the University of Louisiana, we have a special group of people that take tremendous pride in the role. We have dynamic leadership and a unique pride and passion for the Raging Cajuns. We're excited to announce that we are moving forward at Louisiana. We look forward to the opportunities and challenges. Good job. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Now, when you <laughs> jump in in three months to another job. Or next we'll, year we'll all, or whatever. What, yeah. we'll, we'll all know that you're full of shit because you would have left last year for Baylor. Yep. So you're you're literally just that's that's a nice way of saying South Carolina it's not you it's me like did, have no, you did you hear no, like bullshit. how how irritated the uh the Louisville fans are that Satterfield even interviewed for this job I kind of wish they would have hired Satterfield I think Satterfield's a hell of a coach and and I, I mean you can be you can be annoyed with your with your coach for doing that but it this is something that's been pointed out to me in life over the time, and I'll pass this on to Louisville fans. If you're in a relationship where you love that person so much and you kind of feel like they don't love you the same, can you ask yourself why? And can you ask yourself, are you doing something to cause them to not love you like that? Because, because I don't think it's, I don't think it's Satterfield. I think Satterfield's something's going on where he's just not comfortable there. Oh yeah. I, th- I think it's, I think it's too big of a city. I think it's too big. I don't of an know area. that it's too like, big of a city. Louisville's not too big of a city. I heard Pete Thamel say that. I don't know that I agree with that. There's something about that job. A, I think he got there and he, because he wanted a big boy job. He was holding a lottery ticket and he wanted to cash and he wanted to set his family up for life. And, I and respect and love did. that and appreciate that. I also think he got there and realized, man, this place might be a cesspool. Like all the Bobby Petrino, all the 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 Paterno, like. Like not Paterno, uh, uh, Patrino. Rick Patino, like oh, Patino. stuff yeah, Rick like, Patino, yeah. the, like this is not indicative of those individuals. This is kind of a school wide administrative thing. So I know that we're going to have some Louisville fans that listen to this and whatnot, but I the the issue that you run into at Louisville that you may not have to deal with at other places is the quality of character of the athletes that you br- that you have to bring in to compete is completely different than it is at App State. App State it was never one of the more talented teams, no. but he was able to bring in the character guys that he wanted for role players and to be stars on the team and, at and App you State. Could do, and, you could do that in the Sun Belt. Yep, and you can develop those players because nobody's going to out-talent you to the point that you can't compete right. in That's the right. Sun Belt. In the ACC... It is a different world, man. Like you have to sell your soul yes. to to compete. You yes. really do. Absolutely do. Um, because all these other guys that you're competing with are selling their souls. Yes, and and the ones that aren't are at better schools. So, <laughs> well, that's it. Yes, that's it. They have something better to offer. Yes, like at Notre Dame, I don't think they're selling their souls. Oh no, 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 you Notre know? Dame's absolutely not. And and not that Notre Dame is even but like, in the ACC. Florida State's gonna sell like like Norvell's gonna sell his soul. Yeah, he's if he's he going to get some kids in. So, and that's that's the biggest issue I think. And I think it it took him two years to, or not even two years, but right, two seasons. Year, it took him a year to realize it, and I think he and, and like he's I said, kind of looking around. I think when the basketball program and the football program have a lot of the same problems that are really dirty and ugly, and you don't like talking about it, you might want to look around and say, "Is that those two? Is it? What are the chances that we hired two coaches that kind of fall in the same mix or?" Is this more of a problem from the head down thing? And 
Well, and know? so so to be fair, like they cleared everybody out, right? They they fired the AD. They fired both coaches. Uh, they brought in Chris Mack, who from all accounts is an absolutely incredible coach and just person overall, right? Chris yeah. Mack is, is a good dude. Uh, the new AD, from what I understand, good dude. Uh, Satterfield, good dude. Good dude, but, yeah. But I think that it's the idea at Louisville that, you know, you can't you, – you're going to have to take some risks with your, with your players. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to compete like we're seeing this year. I mean, it's just – it's tough to do. When you start clearing out that roster, uh, you got to replace them with guys. And, yep. and if the guys that you are uh, getting rid of are not as talented – or they don't handle adversity as well, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a problem over there. But yeah, so um, so Napier staying at Louisville. I mean, at uh, at, at Louisiana and um, Satterfield staying at Louisville, and Shane Beamer, the new head Gamecock over in Columbia, and that uh, that just kind of surprised me a little bit. Surprised so me let me ask you this: What if Virginia Tech called Satterfield? I think he would take it in a heartbeat. I think he would take it in a heartbeat too. If I was Va Tech, I'd. I'd make that call. I don't think it'd be a bad idea. Um, I mean, obviously, now, I you mean, hate we to, don't usually see head coaches jump ship in conference. Are they in the Are they in the same division? I don't know if they're in the I same division remember. or not, but it doesn't matter. They're in the same conference. No, I mean they certainly are. I just I, I don't think they're in the same uh, division. So, but either way, yeah, it's it is weird to see that. Like you know, we saw Tommy Tuberville do that and all that. That's been forever but ago. I was about to say, dude, but, that was twenty years ago. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's been a long time. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's strange. It is certainly strange, you know, I, but I, that doesn't mean you don't go get it done if you, if you can. Yeah. So I, the other thing, like at Virginia Tech, if they wanted Billy Napier, I think they might could get him because I think that Virginia Tech is more committed to football than South Carolina, which is weird to I say. I agree with that. I think like, South Carolina is committed to football. I think, I think he's looking to get out of the SEC. You might be right. You might be right. And, and if that's the case. Virginia Tech is is sitting right there. So, all right, uh, let's let's talk about the uh, the SEC right quick. You brought that up. Texas A and M outscores Auburn seventeen to nothing in the fourth quarter, and you know thirty one twenty win, pretty impressive. Uh, Bo Nix faltered down the stretch. The call from uh, who was it? Was it Sean? Uh, uh, what's the guy? McDowell. Who? Anyway, I have no the, idea what you're talking about. The ESPN guy. Um, he the last play of the game for Auburn, he said. Uh, he said Nick's uh, throws a sinker low and outside, and that'll do it. And <laughs> I cracked it because it's it's a baseball reference. But the, if you saw the play, like it was the pass was nowhere near where it needed to be on that last fourth down, and it cracked me up to no end. And it, I know it's just a small blip in the middle of this game, uh, but my god, like Auburn. With with major issues, I, I don't know that they're going to fire Gus Malzahn. I seriously doubt it. Uh, but you started having all kinds of people on Twitter, and I think Barrett Salee started this with his whole, uh, what do you think about Auburn quarterback Mackenzie Milton? And Auburn fans were jumping all over this, and you know everybody else was like, no and yes and whatever. And there is no chance that anybody but Bo Nix is going to be starting for Auburn next year. Joey Gatewood left. I think he could be a better quarterback than Bo Nix. Um, they got Malik Willis out of town, and he has proven to be a better quarterback than Bo Nix. 
But Bo Nix is legacy. He is Patrick Nix's son, former Auburn assistant coach, tied in insanely well with uh, with Pat Dye when he was there and all the Auburn boosters, et cetera. Bo Nix is going to be the quarterback there. But I'm I'm curious what they end up doing with Malzahn. Now, I, I don't think they fire him this year because, I mean, my God, even after the season, you still owe him like $21 million. Um, A&M still in the playoff race. I think this was an impressive win for him, especially on the road in, in Jordan-Hare. Like, the play early in the game where Bo Nix escaped the pocket, and, I mean, it looked like he was sacked. And he escapes and runs around. Did you see that play? Yeah. Just unexplainable stuff that happens in that stadium. And I thought, this is this is what's happening. We are going to see some spooky shit go down. And, and nope, A&M was able to get it done. They put the clamps on them on defense. They only gave up 17 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. Uh, A&M... Super. Let's let's get off the Auburn side of it. Let's talk about the good side, which is A and M staying in the playoff race, proving everybody wrong, coming out, doing what they got to do. Jimbo has got that thing rolling, man. And I'm I was highly impressed in this game. Like yeah. they did exactly what they needed to do. You uh, you kind of feel the same? Yes, I I think this. I'm telling you. I think their resume is better than Clemson's. I know everyone's going to argue with me on that because we know Clemson's the third or fourth best team in the country. We just know it by looking at them. I don't have an eye test that tells me that, and I don't have a resume that tells me that. Clemson doesn't have a win as big as that Auburn win. They don't. They haven't been on the road anywhere like Jordan Air and beat a team like Auburn, and this isn't a great Auburn team. Agreed. All right? Agreed. They just don't. And and maybe if they had went to Miami and won that game – I'd say that was a better win than Auburn. But, okay, they don't have a better win than, than Florida. They just don't. Uh, so, so forget just the, the single wins. When you, when you look at games, I don't understand why domination has to be the name of it, right? So, Clemson comes out. I mean, they beat Virginia Tech like but, a but drum d- last night. Dominating but, bad teams isn't, it doesn't tell me anything. That's, if that's you beat what a bad team by 15, or you beat a bad team by 20, or you beat a bad team by 45, that those are all the same win. It, it doesn't matter, right? And that's that's the yes. point that I'm trying to make is uh, just because Clemson went and beat Virginia Tech by, by 35 last night, and if A&M played them, they might beat them by, you know, 17, both of them were wins. Yeah. Like, and I don't think that it means and they're that Clemson... both And they're both handy wins. They're both, yeah. like, clearly won the football game and never at a risk of really losing the football game. I, I don't believe that that means that Clemson would beat A&M no. by whatever the difference is, right? That's I, right. I think just because you are capable of putting up those kind of numbers doesn't mean that you have to all the time. And and it just drives me nuts when we when we make these comparisons. You know, I I don't I don't understand why people think that thirty one twenty isn't dominant or or twenty yeah. to seven when when you were up twenty to nothing for the entire ball game. That's right. Like that's right. Like I, twenty I, to nothing I, beat down. That's not, a domination win. Yeah, I did not see any real difference between Alabama beating LSU fifty five to seventeen and A and M beating them twenty to seven. No, both of them were handy wins that were well in hand in the fourth quarter. That's like, right. By the time the fourth quarter started, both those games were over. It, but, but we knew people, the outcome. Yeah. We just didn't know the final number. Right. But it, it, see, that's the thing. If A and M had wanted to to toss up some fluke plays or start throwing it deep or whatever, like they could have made yeah. that game thirty four to nothing if they wanted to. Like if they didn't want to play their backups on defense, um, then they probably could have held LSU off the scoreboard. That's I, right. That's 
that's the issue that I have with this is people play games differently. Like Coastal Carolina was able to get that win against BYU like we talked about by playing ball control and keeping the ball away from the other offense. They didn't have yeah. to score a ton of points. That's right. That doesn't mean, yeah, they didn't have to score 40 to win the game. And, and because of all these teams being different, I think that I think the committee and, and the people that really uh, that are the voices of college football are just looking at, at this stuff wrong. I think they're just wrong. Yeah, I think I think. But so this is Adam Carolla on his podcast has a, has a thing that he talks about. He says this all the time. He says, you're either stupid or you're a liar. OK, it's either stupid or a liar. And my thing is, is are these people really that dumb? that they are falling prey to, to bad arguments, that they are talking themselves into bad arguments. Are they dumb? Or are they just a liar and they're just saying what they have to say to prop up this, this school that they think um, they make more money off of and they, you know, they benefit more by them being in it or whatever. It's better for the game. So, so you're either stupid or you're a liar. But, but it can't be that's the right thing because there's no resume on earth. Now, you could say, oh, Trevor Lawrence this, and he's the greatest. Yes, he's, he's not, it's not even close if you try to compare Trevor Lawrence and, and Kellamon. But that, that's not what we get to do. We don't just get to say you have the best quarterback, you automatically win. You actually have to have a resume that says you're deserving of this thing. Yeah. And it's so, and, and it doesn't get to be Phil Steele seven months ago wrote a book, and he says you're supposed <laughs> to be the best. And so we have to take that at face value. That ain't it, man. Yeah, no, you're you're right. You're right. The what what drives me crazy is Ohio State. Of course, we know would bring ratings, but do we think that Texas A and M would not bring ratings? Now, like, I just I, 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 I know I'm that we've to, talked about. I'm this. trying to sell this all the time. We we assume some of these schools are the. They bring all the ratings. We haven't even let the other people in. Like, I I truly believe that if we were to have let UCF in the playoffs that one year, fans from all, not just Ohio State fans, fans from all over the country who just like pulling for the underdog would have tuned in to see the little guy play the big guy. And, and yeah, they're going to tune out as soon as it turns into a blowout. They're, all right, I'll go on to something else. But – all these games care about is that opening first 20, 30 minutes of getting the biggest number because that's what they get. And and that I think that would bring a massive number. When you bring AM to the table, when AM hasn't been there, A, they have a disastrously big fan base. I'm talking these people can fill stadiums, stadiums plural, monster fan base. They also have a shitload of random college fans that your Mississippi States and your old misses and your Arkansas and your your Purdue's and your 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 Northwesterns and all these other college fans that never get invited to this thing. And 80% of the the, the rando college fans gonna say, you know what? I'm pulling for the team that ain't never been there. Oh yeah. Because I'm tired of the Ohio States, I'm tired of the Bamas, I'm tired of Clemson's. I'm gonna root for these guys. And so they're all pulling. I think the number would be bigger, but we never even give it a shot, man. We never even give it a chance. We just keep putting Oklahoma in. Yeah, it's it's turned into that. And I think part of it has to do with how bad the ratings were when Michigan State was in, um, however long ago that was against Alabama and and whatever, right? But, the, what but that we need was to the look very at, first one we ever had. No, that was the, the second one 
Was that um, the second one? No, Ohio yeah. State won the first one. Yeah. That was the second one. Michigan State was in the second one, but it was also the first one that was on New Year's Eve, and they don't do yeah. that anymore. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, about to it, say, I, there, there was something weird about and that. on top of that. All those ratings were terrible, because the other game's rating was terrible, too, yeah, and the, it wasn't a Michigan State game. Alabama-Michigan State rated higher than Clemson-Oklahoma. Yeah, I was just about to say, so you don't get to give me that argument. You don't yeah. get to say that it was Michigan State was the reason those ratings were down. Because yeah, you got no, two agree. blue bloods playing each other, and their rating was worse than the other game. I remember that because it wasn't yep. just one game's rating down; both of them were down. Oh, they were absolutely down, absolutely down. All right, let's uh, let's let's move on a little bit. We we are uh, taking forever this morning, and it is partly my fault because I am just ranting and raving. But uh, but let's talk about Indiana, and they are absolutely legit. And I loved that game, fourteen to six win at Wisconsin, and the love that Tom Allen's players showed for him after that game. Yep. Jumping up, that was that's the best recruiting video that they will ever have where he's doing his interview uh walking off the field and it's right there where the Indiana players are walking to the locker room and they are all stopping and hugging Tom Allen and they are waving to the camera and they are screaming this is the best coach in America and all that, that is the only recruiting video that you need. It was phenomenal. The defense played out of their minds. Uh, this is what I was worried about with Wisconsin, and this is also a bit of an issue for Ohio State. Now they've already got the win over Indiana. If, if I'm now, Felica tweeted this out yesterday. He said, "If I'm Indiana, I am going to have my heart ripped out if Ohio State Michigan does not happen, and they still change the rules or figure out some way to get a game for Ohio State where Ohio State gets into the." And obviously, yep. Ohio State beat them. We get it, but if you just change the rules. You play by the same rules Ohio State played by. You didn't have the COVID issues Ohio State had to make them miss a game. If all of the games that they missed were on the opponents, I would I would feel a little bit bad. But they missed one of those three. You could only miss two. And they missed one of those two for them, for yep. them having their own problems. And they probably should have missed this week based on the amount of guys that they had. They really fudged the numbers to get over that number. Um, and, and so we already bent the rules a little bit uh, for them. And I'm, I'm with you. I – this Tom Allen story, this Indiana story, what Jamie Chadwell is doing at Coastal is unbelievable, okay? It really is. I've seen the little guys have the amazing season before, and I love it. I love it. This is my favorite story of college football. Indiana right now is my favorite story in college football. What Tom Allen is doing, you're talking to a guy that I grew up without a father. I didn't have a father figure. Well, after I was 12 years old, okay? I just had, like, I, I liked coaches and I liked athletes, and those are the men that raised me. Okay? Miles. Those are the men that I looked up to. I've never in my life had anybody love me the way Tom Allen loves his team. Yeah. It, never it was, in my life. It was incredible to see uh, because I think we all knew it, right? Because the, the way that players and former coaches that have been there have talked about him, the way that the guys at Ole Miss talked about him when he left, uh, everybody has talked about him this way forever. It's the reason he got the job to begin with when Kevin Wilson was fired. Like, it was just, it, this is a fantastic story in a year when we needed it. Like, yep. I think the best stories in college football this year, like, obviously, Coastal Carolina's up there. Obviously, Indiana is right there. Uh, Northwestern, you know, who who else uh, Who else did I bring up? Um I don't even remember anymore. Like BYU was obviously a great story because no, they, B, B, you had yeah. you had four schools. You had BYU, you had Coastal, you had Northwestern, you had Indiana. Yeah, 
those those were, and I, I think A and M is is becoming a really good story. Um, I think they're becoming a good story too. But nobody, nobody. But it's not thing, like though, this. A and M could win the championship. They could get in as the fourth team and run the table and win the title. But we, I love Jimbo. I think Jimbo's a, a funny, quirky, likable guy. I really enjoy watching him coach. Jimbo ain't ever gonna pull at the heartstrings, and you're just not gonna love Jimbo the way you love Tom. Like that's yeah. just never gonna be that story because he's the ten million dollar man. Oh yeah, like. Like, he's supposed to win, you know? Exactly. What BYU and Coastal are doing, pretty incredible. Love it. I love it so much. It, it, it Last night when Jamie won that game, I was ecstatic. I lost almost every – I've lost more in one weekend than I've ever lost in any weekend betting yesterday. My team got obliterated, and it was over by the fourth, first quarter. Okay? Didn't care. Did not care. I watched every second of that Coastal game. I was on cloud nine. I, I felt like that was the best win I've seen in my life. It was so – I just – it meant so much. Yeah. It was – This Tom it, Allen, Indiana story, it, it, it's just emotionally doing something to me that I didn't expect to have this year. Indiana was outgained in this game 342 yards to 217. Uh, oh. They – only had 87 yards rushing. That's 2.8 yards per rush. Uh, Wisconsin had 140 at 4.0 yards per rush. Uh, Wisconsin held the ball for 35 minutes to only 25 for Indiana. Wisconsin had more first downs. They had a better third down conversion rate. They Everything about this, you know, they, they had one more turnover. But even still, I, that wasn't necessarily what sealed the game. I... You know, everything you look at says Wisconsin probably should have won this ball game, and Indiana's defense did not let up. It, my God, I felt so bad. The kid that dropped the uh, the wide open touchdown pass for Indiana, I could not have felt more worse for a player than that kid. Uh, that was, I mean, he he had it in his hands, wide open. He got twisted around and he drops the football and he just lays there. And now that I felt awful for, and I am so glad that they were still able to win even without that extra touchdown. But this defense showed up in the biggest spots and and made it happen. I, I so, was I was shocked at, at I this told outcome. You, I told you on our closing line show on SBR, I told you there's a world in which this defense is legit. There's a world in which this defense is good, and Wisconsin just can't score. Yeah, and, and, and that's and what we're seeing. I, I thought this was a possible outcome of this game to be a 10-7 a, a to 7 ball game. That, that was not going to shock me at all if that was the outcome of this game because I really believed in what this Indiana defense was doing, and I knew they had a new quarterback, and I didn't know with a, a full week to prepare could Wisconsin's defense give him fits because Wisconsin's defense is legit. I don't think Wisconsin's defense did anything wrong. I mean, they no. played they played a perfect football game, and Indiana just said, no, sir, no, sir. We, we are not letting you score, and they didn't. Touched the end zone, man. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, this was uh, this was an incredible, incredible game. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a different style of football than you know when you see these high flying offenses and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't mean that they can't compete. Obviously, Indiana can score. You know, when they when they need to in certain spots. Now, Wisconsin's defense, pretty damn good. Well, very good. few teams are going to have a defense like Wisconsin. Agreed. I mean, we've seen these big boy defense, these big boy schools right now. All these elite schools, but they're not playing great defense. Okay, not yeah. a, not a damn one of them outside of Notre Dame is playing any defense. At, at least not at least not consistent. 
Like that's because they they can get stops when they need them, and this or not. It maybe not necessarily all the time when they need them, but they can Man, get I, stops. I think here they're and there. getting stops against flawed teams. I think they're getting stops against bad offenses. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I a hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. Um, you know, I the the Wisconsin stuff like. They got down there a couple of different times. They they had to kick a 29-yard field goal after a 12-play, 81-yard drive in the second quarter. And they had to kick a 28-yard field goal in the third quarter after a 12-play, 52-yard drive, both of which took almost seven minutes off the clock. And they had to settle for field goals. You know, that is the difference in the ballgame. Because Jack Tuttle throws a one-yard pass for a touchdown, and he threw a seven-yard pass for a touchdown. They were down there, and rather than just fold in the red zone, they got touchdowns. Wisconsin got field goals. That's the difference in the ballgame. Well, no, I'm going to tell you the difference in the ballgame is karma. Karma. This is what Barry Alvarez got what he wanted, all right? You want to blow smoke up Ohio State, but you want to kiss their ass. You want to you want to change the rules for a team that's not your school because you want that extra paycheck in your pocket. No, you got what you had coming to you. Does – uh. Does this Indiana win change anything for Ohio State? What do you mean? Like, does this boost them up at all? Because I, I think Indiana probably going to be a top-ten team, I'd imagine. They're going to be a top-ten team. They should be a top-ten team, but that doesn't mean anything for Ohio State. So you've beaten one really good team and a bunch of nobodies. Congratulations. And, and, you, didn't, and you didn't look great against uh, – so you, you gave up 35 points and 500 passing yards to a team that uh, that scored 14 points on Wisconsin – and, you know, it had had 130 passing yards in this game. Now, obviously, a different quarterback, all that kind of situation. But, um, you know, that's so let, let's move into that. Let's move into that. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The favorites held up. Like they, there were no yes. there were no upsets. Bama, Clemson, Florida, Notre Dame, Ohio State, uh, all uh, win big. Not even uh, close. I said on our closing line show, if 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 this is a chalky day, I'm gonna be broke and, and my ass is broke today. Yeah, I uh, I'm feeling you. I, I went two and five in my official picks. I went uh four and four. Well, I went three I went three and four in the official but but man, it I did not do well with I I played a lot of crazy shit last night and I lost it all. That's yeah. I'm I'm feeling you. Uh, the only ones I hit, by the way, on on our uh, morning show was Colorado State's team total under, Alabama team total over, Coastal and Auburn's team total under. Everything else, you know, dealing with dogs, uh, not good. Navy didn't hit for me. Kansas State didn't hit. Michigan State didn't hit. The Michigan State's team total, like all that stuff, not good. I, the dogs did not show up in this spot. Um, this. This is what I was worried about with this year. Um, in a in a pandemic situation, when 
you know, everybody's dealing with uh, uncomfortable circumstances. I, not to, it sounds cliche, it sounds stupid to say that the cream rises to the top, but uh, unless these teams play each other, I just don't know that they are going to get beat. You know, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, whatever. Like, we saw it with BYU. Like, BYU played a team that was comparable to them, and and they got beat. You know, now, a lot of it had to do with travel and, and whatever else. Like, obviously, Coastal had a fantastic game plan, but that's the thing. Like, those are the only types of teams that are going to beat the best teams these years. I, I don't I don't think we're going to get massive upsets anywhere. And it that is... We hate that because you just don't get the same opportunities. You, it it sucks, right? It just sucks. So I don't like the chalky years. I want craziness to ensue. I want something chaotic, and I don't think we're going to get it this year. But Gary, we're not ever getting it. We're getting the separation between the haves and the have-nots all the time because we give the haves all of the benefits every year. They already have the best players. They already have the best coaches. And and they have all the best benefits of getting all the 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 the, the conference help and 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 everything else. Like when when are they ever gonna lose? How do you cripple that? How do you ever take that down? But we've seen in the past Ohio State get beat by Purdue and Alabama lose to Ole Miss and, but and stuff like that. I think those days are. I mean, I think those days are gone, man. Well, I, I think I mean, especially that was, that was a while back. I mean, those are yeah. five, six years ago, Gary. Yeah. It, well, the the Purdue Penn State or Penn, uh, excuse me, Purdue Ohio State thing was uh, was just a couple of years ago. But like, yeah, I, I really think we're getting to that point, and it's and, just and being, when it happens, it's once in a blue moon. It's it's so, getting magnified. So they'll play twelve games in a season and. One of them every three years they'll blow like that. That, but we typically just, have it like with a and so a and m wasn't upset either. Like it, it, you know, we had some some dogs cover right Tennessee with their with their cover against Florida. Um, you had dogs, you know, be able to cover numbers like big yeah, but numbers. I don't care about that. But, I don't care about that. Your sport's uh, agreed, not agreed. good when all chalk just wins all the time. That's what I'm saying. You're, I think you're this, killing your sport this season because of the pandemic. Because they are wanting to make sure that the and this is not like obviously these were not uh, uh, recruiting and not recruiting uh, uh, official calls like referee issues like it wasn't anything like that in these ball games. It was you're you're seeing it magnified right now. How much better that class is as opposed to the rest of the field. And and I, I don't think that's good for college football. Like I, I just I don't. You know, I I'm I'm a fan of a big team, of one of those teams. But but I don't think it's good for the sport overall. Like there's no there's no chaos. There's no it, this week our top stories were South Carolina hires Shane Beamer and Coastal Carolina beat BYU. That was that's yeah. our top stories. Like those are only stories, yeah. by the way. That's that's the list. Every, all the rest of the stuff we're talking about is is like bullshit. Like Indiana and what Tom Allen's doing. Like that's the story. Yeah, A and M getting a win overall. Only like, story, and you got 130 teams playing football. It's insane. We got three stories. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, we can sit and break down Alabama LSU if we want to. We can sit and Why? discuss Ohio Why? State. If but we that's did the that, point. I would hang up. That's if what we I'm did saying. That, I'd hang up because I think it's bullshit. Yeah, there's nothing to talk about with it. Like there's nothing exciting. There's not, nobody wants to hear that. No. You know, I don't think it's good for the sport to have that. The, the NFL it sets this up where you've got upsets every week. There's something interesting every week, and yes. and in college football, there's it's just not. 
You know, right now you've got thirteen or fourteen teams in the NFL that are not uh, that don't have a playoff like locked up, and that are competing this weekend, and and the the outcome of their game matters absolutely hundred percent matters. It, but you get that because the best teams don't just get to go get the best players, but also look at look at the coaching as well. Like how many former not just former head coaches, but former great head coaches are on some of these rosters right now and, and on these coaching staffs, you know, or if they're not former head coaches, they, they should be a head coach, but they're choosing to just stay a coordinator because they make so much money at these places. I mean, Alabama's got God knows how many former head coaches on their team. Oh, Alabama and, had, uh, had four assistant coaches, three on the defensive side uh, that were out because of COVID protocols. And, and they called up Mike Stoops and uh, Charlie Strong. And yes. from analysts to be on field coaches for this game. Yes. Like and, and me and listen, like like if if you let I don't know, if you just picked any of the little schools in the Big Ten and just said, you know what, we're we're gonna you know, pick pick whoever you want. You know, Wisconsin. All right, we'll take Wisconsin for instance. Wisconsin, we're we're gonna give you uh uh you know, Indiana's head coach, Tom Allen, to be your defensive coordinator, and we're going to give you Jeff Brom to be your OC, all right? Yeah. Or we're going to give you Pat Fitzgerald to be your be your DC. And and now, now, can you compete for national championships? you damn right. In two to three years, they're one of the big boys. They're one of the powerhouses. You, you have already all the best players. You have the best facilities, and you get – multiple great head coaches to just show up to be your, to be your OCs and DCs. I don't, I don't know how other teams are supposed to compete with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. It's, it's insane. Uh, let's, let's move into another feel good story. Colorado is four. zero. why is there yes. no national love for Carl Durrell? I don't know. I don't know what and this guy was hired with five minutes to start the season. Like he had no time. Like they literally threw a staff together in six seconds. I have no idea how they're doing this. They, so because that USC game got canceled, USC will go undefeated and they will be the Pac 12 uh, South representative. And I think the Pac 12 at this point needs to do away with their divisions. Because if Colorado ends up winning out, if they if they win their next game and they are five and zero, we need to see Colorado USC. We don't need to see Oregon against or or Washington or whatever against USC because those teams are trash. But here's the thing: because that game got canceled, if Oregon and them are both undefeated, they'd have the exact same record. USC but, uh, shouldn't go because because of any reason other than I, I, there was no reason they should go. They literally have the same winning percentage and they have the same record. Well, Colorado had a, another Pac-12 game that was canceled. Like, that's that was the issue. Yeah, but right? we're assuming USC's going to have the same amount of games and, and whatever. Like, we're still way early in this thing to be predicting. I know that we're at the end of the season. Yeah, I was about to say, we've but, only got but, one more week. But if you think these teams are going to – okay. I just I, – we don't know what they're going to end up doing in the Pac-12. Like, yeah, who's I, USC I got, play this week, and are we sure we're going to get that game in? See, yes, you're you're 100 you, right. Would you bet your life that they'd get that game in? Because I wouldn't. Well, USC plays Washington State on Sunday, right? Today, uh, yeah, and it, it'll today. be tonight, and and we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, they can they can certainly lose that game. Um, I'm I'm wondering what they're going to end up doing here, um, because I, if if both of those teams go undefeated and they did not get a chance to play, and those are your only two undefeated teams, 
they should 100% play for the Pac-12 title. Well, even like, if you're not going to play for the Pac-12 because you want to keep your divisions, you got to bump the title game back one week because you know you're not going to the playoffs, so it don't matter. So you bump the you bump the title game back a week and you and you start over. And you say, we're going to let y'all make that game up, and then the winner of that game will play next week. So USC Colorado got canceled. USC has already beaten Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah. They play Washington State, and then they play at UCLA. And now that's not any walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. UCLA is pretty good this year. But, I would say the UCLA game going to be going to be more difficult than they think. But Colorado, they already beat UCLA. They beat Stanford, and then their game against Arizona State got canceled. So they went ahead and scheduled San Diego State. They beat Arizona yesterday. Now they've got Utah next week, and. You know, if they handle Utah, that puts them at 5-0, and but they're only 4-0 and in the conference. USC, if they win their next two games, they are 5-0 and in the conference. That's where the difference is. But I, why why do we want to see Washington and USC? Like, why, you know, don't. that's the thing. We don't. It does nothing for anybody. Um, Colorado deserves to be ranked at this point with what they have done. Like, this is a yes. fantastic football team, a they are this is this is why we have to take every person that's making decisions in in college football and we have to hurl their ass out a window. I mean, we can't just fire them. We 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 have to fire them with anger and frustration and say you don't get to make decisions ever again in life. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, like you we're do- taking your power attorney of of the way you make decisions with your own checkbook for the rest of your life. You you're just done. You want to roll through the uh the conference rapid fire right quick? Yeah, we needs to be rapid fire because outside of the stories we talked about, there ain't shit that happened. Well, so let's start with the SEC. Arkansas loses forty-eight to fifty to Missouri, and that was a hell of a ball game, man. Unbelievable uh, game. Watched every second of it. Yes, I that so Arkansas scores with you know what a minute left or whatever it is. In, in no, school. no, it was forty-five seconds. Forty-five, yeah, forty-five seconds. 50, right. Fifty-five seconds. Sorry. Oh yeah, fifty-five so was, seconds left. Okay, so it was it was about a minute, and and they go for two. And they get the two point conversion. They've got the lead. The two point conversion, by by the way, <laughs> unbelievable play. Arkansas was able to score forty eight points in this game with Felipe Franks out. KJ Jefferson had only thrown two passes this year. And, Hang on, oh. and they this was a this was a Justin Herbert type situation. Felipe was was the starter all week, practiced all week, and it was like five minutes before kickoff, and they were like. He can't go. Yeah, he he has a, a rib injury, by the way. So um, yeah, he's going to try to play through it, and, but but just couldn't do it. KJ Jefferson, eighteen out of thirty three, two hundred seventy four yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he had thirteen rushes for thirty two yards and a touchdown. Traylon Smith, the running back. Uh, obviously, everybody talked about Raheem Boyd being out for this game. Didn't matter. Smith comes nope. in, twenty six carries, one hundred seventy two yards, three touchdowns. On the other side. Uh, I mean, Missouri had five rushing touchdowns in this game. Uh, Connor Bazelak, 32 out of 49 passing, 380 yards, no touchdowns, though. Uh, Tyler Beatty had six carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns. Larry Roundtree, 27 carries, 185 yards, three touchdowns. This game was friggin' bananas. Every time I turned it on, it was back and forth, back and forth. And then I watched, like, the entire fourth quarter because I just— well, There was no other game that was even worthy of, of so this. So it one. didn't—so I watched the whole thing— and it was a great game until the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, it, it just slowed down. Into, and, yeah. uh, Missouri scored, had over 300 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. Yep. In the fourth quarter, that's what they had. 
And uh, like they they had scored to tie the game. And I'm watching this game with my buddy who is a huge Arkansas fan. And he's, you know, he's like, I was like, all right, this is not bad. You didn't want to give up that touchdown, but at least they had to score to tie, which means if you get the ball and you can drive down and score, you, you can take the lead. I'm taking ribs off the grill, bringing them in. I'm getting them cut up, whatever. I'm inside less than four minutes of real time. I walk back out. Arkansas has, um, sorry, Missouri has the ball and Missouri's up by seven. And I thought, wait a minute. How, what, huh? How did this happen? (laughs) And he said, well, we went three and out really fast going like up tempo. We punt it to them. They scored in two plays and then we got the ball back. We went three and out again, going up tempo. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they scored or they're score about to score now. And I was just like, I, I don't even know how my, to make my brain work like this. It, we thought Barry Odom was going to go there and have himself a game. Barry Odom got put in a locker. It, Eli Drinkwitz uh, showed why Missouri hired him. I mean, he, yeah. his, his play calling in this game, here were his last drives um, in this game, right? Uh, from about five minutes left in the third quarter, they had a 14-play drive that ended in a field goal. They had a two-play drive for a touchdown. They had an eight-play drive for a touchdown. They had a four-play drive, 80 yards for a touchdown. Uh, they give up another touchdown, 13-play, 75 yards for Arkansas, and then a seven-play, 60-yard drive in 43 seconds that netted them a field goal to win the game. Like, field goal, touchdown, 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 field goal. Oh, and just in case you were wondering about that Missouri offense and how great they are, and, oh, well, sometimes these big offenses struggle with field goal kicking. Yeah, their kicker to open the game, Arkansas held them to a field goal on their very first drive. It was a 51-yarder. Yeah. And he made it like it was nothing. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, he could have made it from 10 yards back, and it went straight through the wickets. Just not even close to missing. Uh, he, I he, was just like he kicked oh. five field goals on the day. Like if they had turned any of those into touchdowns, I mean, they, they just they, think yeah. about it. If it's an if ass thrashing, yeah. If you flip two of them, then then this game is is not even close. The, the uh, yeah, Barry Odom definitely got his lunch money taken, and uh, that kicker, that kicker is the best kicker in college football that I've seen. Yeah, he he's pretty unbelievable. Pretty unbelievable. Uh, Florida won thirty-one to nineteen. I don't know what Jeremy Pruitt is trying to do with their quarterback situation. Uh, JT Sherbert comes in and, uh, or Schubert, sorry, not Sherbert. <laughs> I'm talking like the ice cream. Um, he came in and, and led the, the, I guess, covering touchdown, but they brought in, uh, Brian Maurer for one play. They let Harrison Bailey play and he looked okay. Uh, Florida, you know, they, they had this game handled, but you know, it, I don't, I didn't. This wasn't super impressive to me. I don't. I don't know why. I had this game on the like on my big TV the entire afternoon. No, sorry, sorry. I had it on my second TV. Uh, my main TV was Indiana, Wisconsin. Uh, but like, I, I just wasn't overly impressed with Florida. Should I have been? No, I mean we talked about this earlier, Gary. Like a, a twenty nothing win is like just because you beat somebody by fifteen or you beat them by thirty five. You know they're the same win. Yeah, it really to, is. And, and, and so don't look at the point total either because. 
Tennessee scored that last touchdown with no time left to go. This was LSU yeah. getting the 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 like symbolic touchdown with no time left to go after being down twenty to nothing. Yeah. All right. Kyle, this Kyle is Trask. the definition of a backdoor cover. Florida doesn't give a shit. Florida's letting them drive because as they're driving, clock is running, and they know it's just a matter of time before the clock just runs out. Yeah. No, Kyle Trask still put up monster numbers, thirty five out of forty nine, four hundred and thirty three yards, four touchdowns. Um, you know. Is what it is. Uh, Alabama fifty-five to seventeen over LSU. Not much needs to be discussed there, other than Devontae Smith is just uh, an alien. He's not human. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss you off, and this is a hundred percent true. This is a hundred percent true. You can get mad all you want. You can say it's wrong all you want. That that was one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. He a hundred percent pushed off. Oh, I, you're probably right about that. Like he a hundred percent pushes the DB off completely. As he's jumping in the air, go, the reason he's going backwards is because he shoved the DB and his momentum pushed him backwards. Oh, yeah. 100% pushed off. I was furious. I was absolutely livid. We're not going to win this game. But I, the very first drive LSU had, we got a bullshit spot on third down on that third and one, then a bullshit spot on fourth down to not give us a – we got the first down both times. You cannot beat Bama. Okay, you're not going to beat them. They don't need your help, refs. They just don't need it, and they still get it. And it just—it's why teams hate your school. It's why you're the most hated school in the SEC, and it ain't close. So it was—it was fifty-five to seventeen, um, yes. and that was the. It, but I think it could have been whatever. It was what at the half. 40, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Forty-two. Was, of, you could have done whatever you wanted. Yeah, it's yeah. It was it was ridiculous. Um. Kentucky forty-one to eighteen over South Carolina. Uh, you know, I think we kind of expected this. South Carolina has basically hung up the season. Is what yes. it is on that. Um, I think that is all for. Oh yeah, our, we already talked about A and M and Auburn. Uh, yep. Big Ten. Let's move on to the Big Ten right quick. Ohio State fifty-two to twelve, and this was rather impressive for a team that uh, that only had what like forty-eight players or whatever it was. Like, you know what's weird. This is one of those games where they dominate it and they scored at will, but they still didn't look good doing it. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I did like have they this beat game the on. hell out of them, and I looked at that team and I watched them, and I was like, "Yeah, that's not really impressive." I had uh, I had this game on my iPad because I, you know, obviously I had a couple of plays on on Michigan State, and Michigan State looked like they made more mistakes than Ohio State just. Dominate like Ohio State did what they were supposed to do when, when right. they had mistakes given to them, but right. it uh, it just like it, you can't yes make it was impressive against a team this talented you it, just can't do it right it's just and, not allowed and I think that that's what the biggest thing in this game was like Ohio State didn't look like great but I, I don't know that we expected them to with that many guys out right like the the, the offensive line had three brand new starters in there uh, that only started like one game two games five games whatever it it was or it only played. In that many games, so they still had Wyatt Davis though, and uh, you know it it, it it was what it was was what it was. Um, Penn State twenty three to seven over Rutgers. Uh, we you know kind of kind of called this like Penn State's just a more talented team. You know I, I was I was wrong on this. I thought I thought Rutgers had fought hard all year. They've they've been really fun. They've you know they're the little engine that could, and I wanted them to show up and play good in this game. Yeah, and it wasn't like they didn't make any crippling mistakes or anything like that. It just no, they just couldn't hang with the talent. I mean, they just yeah. got out talented. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Nebraska beats Purdue thirty-seven to twenty-seven. 
Uh, this one, like I kind of called this one on the show yesterday. Like, yeah, I, it, Purdue, I think is just done without their without their quarterback. Uh, yep. Jack Plummer, you know, he he put up numbers, but he's he just ain't. He, no, he's just he's, he's just a guy. Yeah, and and you're right. Yeah, if if their starter's not in, that offense ain't the same. Nebraska was still playing for pride, and and That's I think right. that showed. And they are still game. playing for pride, and yep. they're you know they're, they want to be in these games. They want to compete. Yes, they do. Iowa beats Illinois 35-21. Uh, Spencer Petrus three touchdown passes. You know Tyler Goodson nineteen carries ninety two yards. Uh, Iowa did what they needed to do in this spot. Iowa's a damn good football team. They they started off zero and two and have won five straight since then. Like, they lost to Purdue last second. They lost to Northwestern last second. And since then, uh, nothing but wins, baby. Nothing but wins. Uh, but let's move on to the Big 12. Iowa State handles business 42-6. to six. I did not see this coming at all. I was just... I, I told you I thought this could happen. And no, you, you certainly did. I just I didn't see it happening, and it was a bloodbath. Brees Hall... Uh, held under 100 yards, but Brock Purdy threw three touchdowns. He was almost perfect on the day. 20 out of 23, 247 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Iowa State could do whatever they wanted to, and I cannot wait to watch them in Oklahoma again in the Big 12 title game. It feels like that first game was so long ago. I mean, it was it was actually, what, the first weekend of October or, or the last weekend of September? I mean, it, yeah, it was. I don't. I don't remember ooh. when. I mean, I, I feel like it was a lifetime ago. Oh, it certainly was. I feel like it was, was a different season ago. Yeah, I know, right? So I, I think these two teams have both improved since then. Uh, good stuff. TCU twenty nine, Oklahoma State twenty two, and I think this is about what we expected. Um, uh, we we didn't know what to expect, but if nope. I could have called which direction this game would go, uh, I told you the line was fishy, you know, and and it certainly was. TCU well, got that last touchdown and. The way I saw this was if this was going to be a slog it out game, if this was going to be a 20 to 20 game, give me TCU. Yep. If if this was going to be a 40 to, to 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 38 game, give me Oklahoma State. Yep. Yep. Spencer Sanders by the way, awful. Like I, I Has don't know. Has there been a more disappointing team than Oklahoma State? Chuba Hubbard was supposed to be like the official like best running back in football this year and he hasn't even been good. Like like, not just like, okay, he's not as good as Harris. He's not as good as Etienne. He's not as good as some of these other guys, you know, Hall, some some of these elite guys that we've had. Like, well, I like mean, Chuba didn't even play in this even game. But, it, it like, Spencer Sanders, uh, Tylen Wallace was still good. You know, seven receptions, 92 yards, and a, and a touchdown. Uh, Desmond Jackson, like, has looked so much more impressive than, than Chuba has all year. Um, I mean, he came out in this game. He had 29 carries, 118 yards, one touchdown. Spencer Sanders, though, 16 out of 34 passing. He had 270 yards, one yeah. touchdown, but he had one monster interception. And I I just... Well, I was going to get to Sanders. Like, like because of Chuba and Sanders, I just thought this team was going to be awesome this year. Yeah, like, I, think, I think we all did. poised to be amazing. And that's why I said, I, I think they're the most disappointing team in college football this year. Yeah. Like, I know it's easy to look at Michigan, it's easy to look at LSU, and it's easy to say, oh, these big boys are supposed to compete for national championships, and they're not, and they're the most disappointing. But, no, I I, I 100% think, uh, you know, these th- this team is. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, Texas Tech wins without their head coach, Matt Wells, 16-13 to 13 over Kansas. I really thought, I really thought Coach Hat was going to get him a <sighs> W here. Um, yeah, I, last, I, I wanted him to, you know, when you text me and it's just like, Hey, they just tied it up. I was, I was 
I then got hopeful and I got my heart into it. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. I, you know, I, but I, really well, I was watching think. scores. I, I saw it happen, but I just, you know, it, it just gave me hope and I didn't want hope. <laughs> I, th- I thought they were going to get it, but I, I don't think, uh, I think Kansas is going to go over this year and, and then they'll yeah. just try, they'll suit them up again next year and we'll see what happens. Uh, Texas, what in the world was that? 69 to 31. They only scored three points in the fourth quarter. They had 66 at the end of the third quarter. Like, they came out, guns a-blazing in this game. Bijan Robinson, the running back, nine carries, 172 yards, and three touchdowns. Where was this Texas running game all year? Like, it was absurd. Like, and Kansas I, State has a good rushing defense. No, they don't. No, they don't. Well, obviously, no, they, didn't they don't. I don't want to talk about Kansas State for the rest of my life. <laughs> Oklahoma. When beat I saw eight. this score, my first thought was, is we don't need to talk about this game. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen because Kansas State blows, and I'm that tired is, of talking about them. Well, and they're boring, go. by the way. Oh, they are certainly boring. We've, Fuck, we've talked boring. about that. You could be Rutgers, okay? You can suck, but, like, run a bunch of trick plays and be a lot of fun and <clears throat> like to piss people off. I, I, I give you that. I can, I can get down with that. If you suck and you're boring, no, you, you don't exist. Oklahoma 27, Baylor 14. Uh, this was, you know – I. I'll say this, Lincoln Riley, at the end of the game, in his post-game interview, said that he saw a bunch of coach or a bunch of players that weren't coached up worth a damn all week. I found that shocking, considering this is the week that he had Bob Stoops out helping the team. <laughs> I mean, it Shot cracked the me old up. man, just taking shots. I know, right? Just cracked me up. Um, Young whippersnapper talking shit. I know. Just ridiculous. Show some respect for your elders, man. What are you doing, Lincoln Riley? All right, ACC, we're going to roll through these. There wasn't a whole lot to discuss with it. Um, Notre Dame 45, Syracuse 21. Syracuse scored more than we thought they would. Ian Book looked fantastic per the use at this point. Uh, Early on, it didn't look like Notre Dame was woken up, but then Syracuse scored, and that was all she wrote. Uh, Clemson 45-10 to over Virginia Tech. This game... Uh, did you see the Hail Mary at the half for Virginia Tech? Yes. That would have tied the game at 17. And because Virginia Tech did not get that one, they did not score again or even really come close for the rest of the ballgame. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Clemson-Notre Dame going to be in the ACC title game, and we get a rematch, and this time Trevor's playing, so we'll see what happens. Miami 48, Duke nothing. I am worried about David Cutcliffe. I hope he doesn't retire and go out this way because that was ugly. But I'm trying to tell you, you keep saying you don't want him to go out this way, but what other way is he going to go? Because he's not coming back next year, and that team's not getting better. Yeah. that's I, So I will say this. I'm I'm impressed with Miami. Um, they're only going to have one one loss on this season, and that is a massive improvement. Manny Diaz, I think, might be the right guy. Like, they got recruiting momentum. They are – now, they're not going to have uh, Derek King back next year, but you can take this season and, and – hopefully improve on it, right? They lost a ton of dudes to opt-outs and whatever else this season, and they were still able to come out. No, they haven't beaten anybody impressive. But Outside they, of Clemson, they didn't play a single good team in the ACC. Right, but in the past, they have lost to some of those bad teams over and over and over. And, you know, that's that's the other side of this. is You can lose to bad teams, or you can beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and then at least be somewhat in the conversation, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you get credit for beating the teams you're supposed to beat, though. Like, just because you used to not do it doesn't mean anything. Like, 
That's like saying somebody's a good dad. Why? Because they, they didn't go to prison. Like they didn't beat the shit out of their kids. Like, come on. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the bare necessity here. Okay. That's, that's baseline. What's to be expected. Now that, that is true. Uh, so, Matt, I don't, I don't find this to be an impressive season at all. I, I like Manny Diaz and I don't hate Miami. I just don't think beating the teams you're supposed to beat is, is the mark that you're, you're back. No, no, no. I, I think that this is the, the step in the right direction. Maybe that would have been the better way to, to put it because it shows that you are improving. So I guess. I mean, as long as the college football committee and all these people are going to keep propping them up and blowing smoke up their ass, you know, yeah. they're telling them they're great. No, that's that's true. Uh, North Carolina 49, Western Carolina 9, uh, Virginia 43-32 to 32 over Boston College. That one surprised me. Phil Jerkovich. That one shocked the shit uh, out of me. But uh, we realized um, what's-his-name wasn't going to play, and that changes everything. Oh, it, it certainly did. It certainly did. Uh, NC State 23-13. to 13. NC State now 8-3 and three on the year. We talked about this the other day, but, like, Dave Doran, they, they were picked, you know, next to last in the ACC. Like between out of fifteen teams, they were picked next to last, and they won eight games. I mean, that's that's something. You know, it's not that they beat anybody super impressive, but they got wins even when their starting quarterback went out in the fourth game of the year. Like I, I think the hires that he's made, Dave Doran looks pretty good right now. Looks. Pretty I agree good. completely. I like where NC State's going, and I like this NC State team. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I think Dave Doran's actually a pretty good coach. I don't think Tennessee would have been bad for hiring him. No, I don't either. So, let's move on. Pac-12, uh, Colorado over Arizona. We talked about that one a little bit. California, 21-17 to 17 over Oregon. What is going on with the Ducks? Like, I know they had a bunch of opt-outs, but, ugh, just gross. California had not won a game this year. Sanford, 31, Washington, 26. Washington this was shocked the shit out of me. Washington tried to play bully ball in this, and Stanford just beat them up. Like, I, just, just unbelievable. Uh, UCLA gets a win over Arizona State. Um, and then we had Oregon State losing uh, kind of at the buzzer on uh, against Utah. Not not last second play anything like that. But but Utah, you know, handles business at home. But your Oregon State Beavers did cover. They covered. They for did you. cover. They got me the late night cover. I really would have liked the W, but they they got me a cover. They did. All right, rolling through uh, some of the more notable games from the group of five. Uh, Tulsa beat Navy nineteen to six. That uh, broke my heart absolutely because they covered with a field goal with like two minutes left. Uh, Tulane 35, Memphis 21. Uh, that, you know, I, I should not have been shocked, but I was a little bit. I, I thought this, this Memphis team is is done. Silverfield is not a, he's just not the coach. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. Uh, we didn't talk. He's, he's the definition of a friend. Yes, yes, 100. percent Uh, Louisiana over App State. We we hit on that during the SBR uh show on Saturday morning. Um 24-21, you know, good for Billy Napier and that bunch. They got the App State monkey off their back. Um, you know, three losses in a season for App State. It's been a little while since that happened when they when they weren't playing P five teams. So kinda kinda sucks, but it is what it is. Uh Rice, twenty to nothing over Marshall. Like that C USA game and and God, Grant Wells with five interceptions in this game. Uh this game broke my heart. This game really upset me. Like at, of all the games that happened this weekend that I was disappointed with the outcome, this is the only one that really bothered me. Yeah, I, I can believe it. I can believe it. I, I just, I, I don't even know. Obviously, Rice, like, started last year, and they, they started building something, right? I like what they're doing at Rice. I did not expect yeah, this. Yeah, I do too, but I just, I love Doc. You know how I feel about this man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is just and one I outcome. I to see like, him have a magical season. I really did. So and this would have been the first time 
in my life that I ever maybe probably possibly picked against Bill Clark. You might, I mean, you, you might still want to do that. I don't know. No, I mean, I'm still, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not making a decision today. I'll tell you that. That that makes perfect sense. In the MAC, uh, we had some some crazy stuff go on. Akron gets their first win in twenty two ball games, thirty one to three. Blow them out, boys. Oh yeah, that's that's because Scott Leffler and Brian Van Corder suck. Um, Bowling Green needs a new head coaching staff with like a little bit of hope. I mean, just something. Uh, Ball State beat Central Michigan forty five to twenty. Ball State, I think, is going to play for the MAC title against Buffalo, but we'll we'll see. Uh, and then Eastern Michigan, fifty-three to forty-two. Did you know Eastern Michigan was was winless on the season, and Western Michigan was undefeated? And, no. and yes, fifty-three to forty-two. Eastern I Michigan. I guess I haven't paid enough attention to the MAC. Eastern Michigan had covered every game up to this point, and Western Michigan had not covered a game. Like, it, I mean, well, I take that back. They covered against Akron in the first game, but uh, but yeah, just bonker stuff. But yeah, that was a hell of a ball game. Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. I had that on one of my screens. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and then the Mountain West, San Diego State, twenty nine seventeen over your boy Adazio and the Rams at Colorado State. San Jose State scored three touchdowns in the first like five minutes of the game against Hawaii, and then they hold yeah. on thirty five to twenty four on the island. Uh, New Mexico gets a win over Wyoming, and that was impressive because New Mexico hasn't won uh, in forever. They couldn't even beat Utah State last week. It was just stupid. Uh, Fresno loses to Nevada, and nobody could hold on to the football in that game. And then, of course, there was the Thursday night Air Force and Utah State game that uh, Air Force ran for like 1,000 yards. So that wraps up the college football weekend that was. It was interesting, um, if, if not a little boring, but we did have really good stories. The Tom Allen story is fantastic. The Coastal Carolina story is fantastic. Uh, Barton Simmons over at CBS Sports said something about uh, uh, a cougar went to Myrtle Beach and left disappointed, and that don't happen often. <laughs> That's a pretty great line. <laughs> I That's thought it was pretty, pretty good. fantastic line. Yeah, I thought so as well. Thought so as well. So the, the biggest news of the weekend, probably South Carolina's hire of Shane Beamer. And we'll see how that goes and what his staff looks like and all that. But... Lots more to discuss as the season goes along. We're still rocking and rolling. Our first bowl game is in uh, less than two weeks, and I am i don't know how they're going to get this bowl season. <laughs> I have no idea. But we'll figure it out one way or another. All right, uh, anything else we need to hit, Chris? No, I think that's it, brother. All right, you guys go over to winningcureseverything.com. Go over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Make sure you are subscribed everywhere you need to be subscribed. And, again, this is a podcast exclusive on Sundays, so if you would do us a favor, leave a nice five-star review. We would certainly appreciate that. All right, let's get out of here. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and uh, let's cash some tickets this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.